Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Take over if you want. Take some stuff oh, off my plate. I don't have time for that <laughs> I'm <shit>. good. <laughs> I'm set in my thought. role. I'm just here. Yeah, know your role. And shut Fired? Your <laughs> 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 All right, well, All welcome right. back. We know the Wisco Fanatics uh, Friday night episode. We have Simon and Bryant, our Packer experts this season. Uh, hopefully, moving forward, if they would expert like to, is, uh, a, is a real generous term. term. No, you know what? You know what? Tyler's on some shit today, but I like Simon and Bryant. They're, they're some of my favorite people. They're awesome. Uh, they bring they add great content to this show. So we have a lot on the lineup tonight. It's going to be exciting. Uh, what are you guys most excited for, Simon? What are you most excited for? What segment are you most excited for? Uh, probably the preseason recap. (laughs) (laughs) Probably the preseason recap. I did do bold predictions, though. I I was thinking about them earlier. Yeah, in the middle of the episode, you're just going to hear, you're just going to hear. I'm just going to be typing them up as we're going. I was thinking about them, so it helps a little bit. And then I got high. And then I got high. Told you. He's going to have. Get up, come down. Off the cuff prediction. No, right, they're not that bad. Excited for, man? Uh, I'm, I'm excited for this preseason recap we're going to go to, and then the stat um, predictions because, um, as a as the viewers will see, we were so like in sync on ours, and we did them all separately, yeah. um, and then we averaged them, and so the fact that we're all kind of on the same mind, you know, mind track is awesome, and I'm excited to talk. About I'll that. give you that 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 is something that I think does bring it closer to experts. The fact that like we're not all over the place on those projections mm-hmm. like we're gonna we're each gonna um for every player that we projected we did six on offense and six on defense we're gonna talk about some of the more some of the more outlying statistical project projections that we did for the six players but overall they were pretty close and that was that was interesting to see how close we actually were yeah tyler was our mathematician he averaged them all out because uh, he's the smart guy in the group I'm not afraid to say that. Uh, Tyler, what, what are you most excited for? What Which one are you most excited for, man? That's that's tough. I think I'm excited for the stat projections just because we put a lot of work into that, and I mm-hmm. think we're going to have some good discussion coming out of that. Well, I'm boring, and I like the bold predictions because I feel like the bold predictions are, are the best. I don't know you say that's boring, though, because that's always bold. Like It'll be interesting to see. But it's like people either expect you to go like not bold, like be really vanilla, or go absolutely bananas. But I feel like we got some smart people in here. They're going to make some some accurate bold predictions, that stuff that not can actually funny. happen. That's what I did. I did two of them <laughs> that I think can actually happen and one that I think absolutely is not going to happen. I, I but suck with bold predictions. Dude, I you just got – Don't even think about bold. it. Yeah, you it. don't even got to do anything. Go for that, it. That's that the thing is to be I, good. I can't, I can't be bold because I'm too logical with the way I think. Dude, you are the <laughs> most analytical person I've ever it met sucks. in my entire life. <laughs> I, I was like – I was sitting there writing and I was like, uh-huh. eh. <laughs> Dude, that's what I did with my staff predictions. You guys were like – like how I wasn't like bullish or um, optimistic to it's because I like did a bunch of average yeah, and stuff. Yeah. You, so. you are the vanilla one when it comes yeah. to the stat projection. I analyze everything and then I figure it out. So we'll see. Was, we'll see at the end of the year though. 
That's yeah. that's what I'm looking forward to is keeping the receipts yeah. and checking it out. Um, so I went and picked up food today before we started, and I'm standing and mm-hmm. standing waiting for my food, and I got a guy complimenting me on my shirt. So I got to thank uh, I got to thank Tyler from Wisco Wall for hooking me up with this uh, uh, yeah. Nirvana style Green Bay shirt. I got a compliment on that. So. Uh, Got to thank Tyler from Wisco Ball for for sending that over to me and uh, coming up with some cool designs for that. But we're going to get started. So we're going to start uh, as we talk about the preseason. We're going to start with Jordan Love because he mm-hmm. honestly, I don't know strictly Packers fans, but I'm going to speak for Packers, Bucks, Brewers, Badgers. In my entire experience, I have never, maybe Chris Middleton, seen a player as divisive as Jordan Love from its own fan base. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Aaron Rodgers. Mm. Mm. I mean, 2000, 2005. Yeah, same, same thing with Aaron Rodgers, right? Everyone hated him. Every, and all these people that like I, uh, I put in my articles, I'm going to take credit for this, the incapable love crowd, right? They were probably all <laughs> the same people that absolutely hated Aaron Rodgers the first two years. He looked like trash in the preseason, but – with Aaron Rodgers, I'm not saying that love is going to ever be Aaron Rodgers, and it's not fair to we don't, expect we don't, him we don't ever. Know yet, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's people. It's not fair to compare him to a top five quarterback ever. But right. he's still ascending. Like uh, we'll talk about it a little bit, but he literally doubled his experience this preseason. He, he's, he's showing growth. I don't know why people are so ready to burn him. Um, and he's not starting this year unless Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, and he probably won't start next year. Oh man, like. That's the whole conversation, right? So for me, I remember, uh, so I used to, when I was in high school, I used to go to a couple of practices a year with my dad. That was one thing that me and my dad always did. My dad worked a lot. So that was kind of a special moment for me to go to the Packers practice. And I remember when we switched from Favre to Rogers, there was people literally holding signs saying, kill Ted Thompson, fuck Ted Thompson. Like they were like really ready to, ready to send this guy out in a body bag, Jeez. like over a football player. But they feel insane. shitty now. I'm I'm sure they do. I'm I'm sure those those are the people that the first people that ordered his jersey as soon as we won the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. A couple years later. So the thing about Jordan Love is everybody wants to look at stats, and because we have a guy like Aaron Rodgers who throws four interceptions for the entire season, and he he throws forty touchdowns. Yeah, we're gonna look at stats. Everybody's a box score junkie, right? Mm-hmm. You can't do that. You have to watch the games, and some of the throws that he made last night. We're big boy throws. Oh, yeah. Tight window, timing, right in the numbers. Like, he made some big boy throws yesterday. He His footwork is so much better. His pocket presence is so much better. I mean, Jordan Love is just – and LaFleur said it too. He's light years ahead of where he was last year. He looks like a whole different quarterback. Like, I'm happy with him as my backup right now. I am yep. elated. He's not going to have to start. And the argument, you know, the thing that Simon said that got me going was – I keep arguing with Bears fans. They're like, he's trash, he's trash. I'm like, he's literally as good as your starter. Dude, we don't need him. Like, yeah. we literally don't need him. He's an emergency option, and our quarterback is still as good as yours. And then you look at the rest of the roster, it's not even fucking close. Yep. It's not even close. Don't come at me, okay? Don't come at me at all. We got Tyler Young in the comments saying, Goodson looked very good yesterday. That spin move was nasty. I'm just going to say that. He's he's going to be in the next section when we talk about um, some preseason recap. Oh, Staying wow. strictly with the topic of Jordan Love, when – when people say things like, you know, Jordan Love is, is improving, he's getting better, people just take it to the extreme and they start saying things like, oh, he's your savior and, 
-hmm. you know, he's not going to be the next Aaron Rodgers. It's like, stop comparing him to Aaron Rodgers. That's like Jake just said. Jake just said the exact same thing. But by saying that he's improving and that we like the progression that he's making, it doesn't mean we're saying that we're ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers. It just means that we're seeing a prospect developing. That's the way that people should be looking at it as a developing prospect, especially for Packers fans who also enjoy baseball. You should know how the development of prospects go, even if you're drafting players at positions that you don't necessarily need on your major league roster right now. Sure, Jordan Love is serving a, a spot as a backup quarterback, but we should be looking at him as a prospect. So I went back and I looked at the 2020 draft. Looking at first-round picks, there's already several players that have been moved on from, and the Packers still have a developing prospect in Jordan Love. So one of them, Henry Ruggs, obviously uh, a known situation that happened there. He's never going to play football again. Need for speed. Yeah. Um, the Detroit Lions picked Jeff Okuda, number three. They're still waiting for him to pan out at cornerback. Um, CJ Henderson is a cornerback drafted by Jacksonville. He was traded to Carolina. Not really much going on with him. Yeah, and then they drafted a first-round corner, J.C. Horn. God, I knew you were going to bring up Denzel Mims. It was, I knew it was, was going to happen. It was in uh, in addition to what you were saying because a lot of I'm I'm, I'm getting to Denzel Mims because okay, he was he was a guy that the rumors the Packers were rumored to be looking at Denzel Mims in the first round. He's now requesting a trade off of the Jets. Um, Shocker. I guess I guess the Panthers are rumored to be interested in him, but I wouldn't be. I wasn't interested in him when the draft came around. Uh, number nineteen pick Damon Arnett has been waived by two teams already the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Kansas City Chiefs. He's played 13 games in two years. Number 21 pick was Jalen Rieger. Since then, Philly has drafted Devontae Smith and traded for A.J. Brown. The Packers still have a developing prospect. Now, I went and looked at the two picks the Packers traded to go and get from 30 to 26. The number 30 pick was a cornerback. He played 16 games as a rookie, seven games last year. In 23 total games, he has 19 tackles, two passes defensed, and two fumble recoveries. Who is it? I, it was a really long name that I didn't feel like learning how to pronounce, but it's not important. <laughs> exactly. Um, the fourth-round pick that was selected uh, it was traded to the Dolphins originally. They traded it to the Rams. They selected a tight end, Bryson Hopkins. He has played 10 games in two years. He has one reception for nine yards. That yep. could have been our reception, Tyler. Yep. There's okay. your perspective. Yeah. There's, your, there's yeah. your perspective. There it is. <laughs> yeah, that I don't. Same, that same draft, the Packers got John Runyon in the sixth round. Yeah, John Runyon's pretty solid. He started every game for the Packers that left hard last year. I don't know how anyone could have watched, actually physically watched all three games this season, our preseason, and not realize that he looks far more comfortable and more in rhythm in this offense and more, and he's just, he's improved. It's the people that are looking at the box score and seeing four interceptions. Mm -hmm. They don't, they didn't watch the first game where two of them are not on him. Yep. Okay. And I know people will say, well, it's him. He threw him. Okay. Whatever. But those are ex like, I'll accept those for what we seen it's in girls. The same thing that Love. happened in game 17 last year when he threw one, I think it was Amari Rogers had one that got tipped and fell out of yep. his hand and got intercepted. And, you know, and how 
that's out of his control at that point. And how Jake said he made some big boy throws this, this last game. In San Francisco, he made even better big boy throws. They just weren't completed. This time, he was a little out of touch with uh, Juwan Renfrew. He, he, he hits yeah. a couple of those. He has a huge game. Like, for me, and the thing is, he look who he, they played the starting defense for Kansas City for most of the first half, right? Yeah. So, and he didn't have any of his what would be probably top four wide receivers. The only starters he had were his offensive line, who actually had a rough go at it at first, but settled down. So, like, he played well. And I, it's just people that can't be optimistic, expect him to come out and start right away that are the ones that are hating on it. I'm not saying he's going to pan out and be a great starter, but I'm certainly not ready to give up on him. I'm honestly like, I'll have to look at it. Like I'll look at the entire league, but I'd feel pretty comfortable saying he's a top five backup in the NFL. Yep. And, uh, and the one thing I didn't want to miss is uh, people, like I told you guys earlier, he is the same age or younger than seven out of the nine quarterbacks drafted this year. So he is super young. So he is 23 years old. Yeah, we're going to have a decision to make on his fifth-year option. Or maybe we can get him to extend him and be a little more cap-friendly while he waits it out. Or we give him a chance to go play somewhere. Whatever. Whatever happens. But he's still very young. So for people to want to cast him away, like I feel really good about our backup position. I feel like Jordan Love, if he had to play six games this year, we could win three, three or four. of those games three or four of those games sure. and not ruin our season. Yep. 100% agree. Simon, what do you think about Kevin's comment? He asked if love is worth more as a trade. Do you think you'd rather have love more as a trade bait piece or as a backup quarterback right now? Yes. I mean, I don't think anyone's really looking to trade for him. So it'd probably be better on the team, especially if, if the team's seen him progress year to year, and we and he and the team thinks he can build on that. I mean, there's no reason to trade him for what he what they're probably going to get for him now, which I don't think is much. The That's only, just my opinion. only team I could really see possibly being interested in him is maybe the Miami Dolphins. If they decide that Tua isn't the guy that's going to be able to get the ball downfield to Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, and they want to bring in a guy with a bigger arm. And and they say, hey, we're gonna see if we can get Jordan Love. The I only other team I would be very interested in is a Seattle called Dangle Block it in front of us. Uh, but yeah, Seattle Seattle was that. who I was thinking too. To but Seattle has two number one QBs. Yeah, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. how, he's doing. It, Pete Carroll's doing some common core math over there. Yeah, the, the the Jets have two number one running backs too. Yeah. Um, I could see maybe. Maybe the Texans and Brandon Cooks being involved. I could see that potentially being an option. But, I mean, at this point, there's really, like I said, I'd, I'd put him somewhere like top five NFL as far as backups are concerned. Um, and as a as a low cap hit as a rookie, or not a rookie, on his rookie contract, I mean, there's, there's really worse things you could do. And like I said, there's already teams that have moved on from their 2021st round picks, so the Packers could be in a much worse position than they are. Yeah. All right, Still let's go to some. That's all yeah. I'm going to say. So let's go to some preseason recap. Uh, I'll start with Simon. Who are some players that impressed you in the preseason games? Um, jeez, where do I start? <laughs> so because the <laughs> well. I have I have a lot of stuff written down actually for this. He's typing this up too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My hands are right here. Uh, 
<laughs> so because the Packers didn't play a lot, of, actually, any of their really starting defense, they played a lot of their starting offensive linemen. Uh, Zach Tom really impressed me. I, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I sent some earlier that said it was on 90 some pass rush snaps. 75. He, it was a 75. I'm sorry, 75. I misspoke. Uh, he had zero pressures allowed. Like that's that's disgusting to think about. And we got him in the fourth round this year. I know a lot of the times he was playing backups and stuff, but that's like that's the type of stuff you like to see in the preseason. You love seeing your players dominate yep. other players to mm-hmm. get in. To I, he's probably going to start for us this year. I don't think there's a Boy. way that he does not get on the field for us this year. Uh, so I really liked him. Um, I was really impressed with Inigbare, uh fifth round mm, pick. That's a good one too. I, I like him as our third outside uh, yep. linebacker in rotation with uh, Gary and Smith. Um, and Pat O'Donnell looked he was Dude, last night. He looked good. He was, that's he a was good one. Booming punts. And that's the type of stuff we need on special teams. Uh, I'll let you guys, because I don't want to bring up too many players. Uh, Name as many as you want, dude. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. yours, seriously. Uh, okay. Uh, Quay Walker really impressed me. Uh, he's okay. shown improvement from game night. to game. Yeah, last mm-hmm. night he looked he looked good. Um, I liked some of our depth at cornerback. I liked Shamar Jean Charles. Um, and... Dang, I forgot his name. Bounce off my head. The last guy that I have making the roster. Um, oh, Thomas. Spoiler. Kyler Thomas. Spoiler. Yeah, spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I like him um, as some of our, like, five, six cornerbacks that I think will make the roster. Um, and then uh, Goodson. I like Goodson a lot. I, he has good pass-catching ability. Um, he showed a little bit in the run game. Uh, so I, I, I think, like him. I think Goodson's probably on everybody's list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stop because I'll just I'll sit here and talk for an hour about <laughs> stuff I liked in the preseason. We got all Jake, the time Jake who's on your preseason impress list? All right, so let me go to my sheet here. So I only wrote down a few players because I didn't want to be like Simon and take four hours. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I have Kingsley and Nagbar. I lo- I liked his potential. He got owned a little bit on a couple plays. I saw some replays, but he also made some slick moves. Uh, showed uh, pass rushing ability, which I like. Uh, Romeo Dubs, obviously. Dude, I wanted... there, was, there was one play, I think it was in the second preseason game, where he did like a swim move around yep. a right tackle and, and like, like, went, like slid onto one yeah, knee and then he the popped Saints. up. It was versus the Saints, that's what I thought. And it's like, damn, that was an all-pro move right there from a rookie. Yeah, yeah that was that was a nasty move. Uh, my next one is Romeo Dubs. I wanted to see if his practice hype was going to, you know, translate to the games, which it did. Um, I also have Zach Tom. Obviously, the zero pressures is very impressive. Um, I like his ability to kick outside and play right tackle. That gives us the ability to move Jenkins back to left guard, you know, and just just keep that left side of that line dominant so people have to worry about that, right? Um, just something to, to think about. Um, I put Jack Heflin on here. Uh, his tackle my last guy. night was awesome, dude. He's just Jack he might have played his way year. onto the roster again. They might. I love Jack. They, they, he's making it hard, isn't he? He's making it almost impossible. So to I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that later, but yeah. So then another guy I have 
is Chris Slayton. Not TJ Slayton, but Chris Slayton was impressing, and he was impressing so much that he got to start last night, which doesn't say a lot because it wasn't our starting defense, but for him to come from a guy that was, like, unknown to, like, uh, a starter in preseason is impressive to me. Um, Matt, I am drinking nothing. Uh, water? <laughs> it's vodka. It's vodka, <laughs> I'd cut a water bottle. James, it's, let's it's Kroger vodka. Kroger <laughs> vodka. God, I bet they do make Kroger vodka. I bet it tastes worse than Fleischmann's. I they bet it's in a plastic do. bottle, too. <laughs> probably. <laughs> this, is, this, this is the poor guy vodka. Military um, special. Yeah. Pronounce Kroger. Make it a little more Russian or something. <laughs> uh, Bryant, who were who were impressed you during the preseason? So th- those two hit a lot of them. Uh, Romeo Dubs really impressed me. And the, his drops obviously is concerning, but the fact that he was getting open so often and yeah. like last night, the one catch he made and a tight coverage coming back to the ball, which was an amazing throw as well. A great anticipation by love. But so he was very impressive and I can't wait to see him play with Aaron Rodgers. Um, Isaiah McDuffie, I thought had a really good wow. Isaiah McDuffie and Chris Barnes, like the in line, inside linebacker depth is sick. Like I'm very excited for that. Um, Micah Abernathy coming in That's a few, ga- few days yep. before um, that second game, yep. playing a really good game. And then last night, he should have got it. It should have been offensive pass interference on that play where he almost jumped it. It would have been like a 99-yard pick. Six. Oh. It was a sick play. And, and he got held, and they didn't call it, um, which is fine. It's preseason. What it is what it Packers is. Packers got away with a face mask earlier. In the yeah. Season. Yeah. It, like I said, whatever. But the fact that he was, he was around the ball a lot um, – Caleb Jones uh, looked good for offensive line. Just our offensive massive. line depth is amazing. Um, TJ Slayton, I thought, like, especially the first game, like, he was wrecking people. So I'm just pretty excited about defensive line, offensive line depth. Um, yeah, those, other one. than uh, what they what the other two have already hit on, that's pretty much it, aside from Jordan Love, of course. Amari Rodgers, I felt like, kept coming along, coming on, coming on. He had with, a really good game last night. Yeah, yeah. Like, he made things interesting. Like, I think he might make it possible for them to carry two running backs. So. I think I saw right. something tonight that said 13 touches for 122 yards for Amari Rodgers. That's yep. pretty solid. That's, a, that's solid. A little gadget player. And yeah. a touchdown. From the San Francisco game, too. See, he's got the build to play a little bit of running back. Like, he doesn't have to do it a lot, but like in a situation where you feel comfortable running like a jet sweep with him, even in a in a tight formation. So, you know, he's not not a guy who's going to be fragile if he's mixing it up in a pile, because um, he's got such a strong build to him. So, I'm I'm comfortable potentially using Amari Rogers in what has become to be described as the Tyler Irvin role. He kind of um, feels like uh, Ty Montgomery, doesn't he? Kind of. Yeah, that's why I, I didn't want to bring it up because uh, yeah. he still annoys me. But he has a I honestly think that he it made it possible for the Packers to, and we can talk about this a little bit more on the Wisco Disco. I don't want to ruin it, but carry two running backs into the into sure. the fifty-three man roster, He's and whoever, me an idea. Which, whichever one clears, whichever Goodson or Taylor or both clears waivers, we can get him back on the practice squad. If they both get claimed, we plug in Amari Rogers until Kylan Hill gets in there. And I feel okay with that. What if we run a set with Cobb and Amari Rogers in the backfield, kind of kind of like the running backs next to Rogers? Imagine linebackers trying to cover wide receivers like that. That's that could be interesting. Dude, okay. Let me get let's get real crazy. Let's imagine a scenario where you start with Amari Rogers and Randall Cobb on the outside and 
A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones next to Aaron Rodgers as running backs, and then you switch both. And you line up A.J. <laughs> Dillon and Aaron Jones, a wide receiver, and you bring Amari Rodgers and Randall Cobb into the backfield. Like, Bro, as, a, as an opposing Israel, defense, just look at it and be like, what the fuck are they doing? And then it's like, shit, we still have to I just want to watch a cornerback try to press to A.J. Dillon. I won't even watch the play. I'll just watch that. <laughs> uh, that'd be awesome. It'd be like um, that mascot that got run the fuck over. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's flip it from impressed to players that we're done with. I mean, as far as impressed players, uh, impressive players go. You guys covered all the ones that I would have brought up. Um, Jack Heflin's been my guy since last year. I wanted him to make last year's roster over Tyler Lancaster, but unfortunately that didn't happen. So pulling for him this year. Um, yeah. I'm sure his name's going to come up in the Wisco Disco. But um, for me, the only player that I wrote down that I am just completely done with is Ty Summers. Yep. Um, I was going to say that too. He was two years ago, he was a special teams guy. He did really well on special teams. And then, you know, he could play a few snaps at middle linebacker. Um, now it's showing that he's really not even that effective on special teams. Uh, he's been in the league for a couple of years now, so I'm I'm just done with Ty Summers. Bryant, I don't know if there's anybody you're you're completely. No, done that's with. pretty much the only player I'm like, like, whatever. And then um, a couple of the defensive ends that they've been throwing around, like, um, man, their like names Akeel are Byers. Yeah, like Jonathan Ford. Um, the one that played for us quite a bit last year, but he's like he's a thinner. Like, if they move on from him, I'm going to be like, okay, whatever. I can't even remember his name, which is terrible right now. I normally don't forget names. But, um, but yeah, other than Ty Summers, I'm fine with, you know, everyone pretty Keeping much. Keeping some think, guys around. Yeah, yeah exactly. Jake, is there anybody else you're, you're kind of done out on? No, that that's the great thing about the Packers, though. They do such a good job bringing in young, talented guys and just hitting the refresh button every couple of years, man, and just bringing in a bunch of young talent. And then we just have the consistency at quarterback, which is nice, right? And then people wonder why we're fucking good every year. We draft a couple of <laughs> offensive linemen. We build them up for a couple of years. They become all pros, and then we get rid of them because we have their next all pro behind them, you know? And now they're doing that with defense. They finally, finally are starting to do that with defense. Defensive line depth is crazy, which Brian just said. Inside linebacker depth. When's the last time you got excited about inside linebacker depth as a Packer fan? When was the last time you felt that we had three capable inside linebackers? Fucking never. <laughs> never. <laughs> the name was Tika Nolii. Like, if we move on from him, fine. If we keep him, fine. He's but, more of an outside linebacker than a defensive yeah. end. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. My bad. Can, I yeah, just, I back. remember when we had freaking Desmond Bishop, and I was like, oh, man, Desmond Bishop's pretty good. Dude, Desmond Bishop couldn't touch their jock strap right now. <laughs> By the way, I, I forgot to mention Quay Walker, which makes me very upset before. Dude, he was awesome the first couple drives. Yeah. The one end around there, into Miko. He took on the lineman, got rid of his big ass, then pushed Miko. I like, think he had five tackles play. in the first quarter. Yeah, there's another yeah, play where he was right in the hole. The running back did run over him a little bit, but he he held on and tackled, and it was a gain of three, which is acceptable on a first down run. You know what I mean? There I mean, was three, right. three and less. I like how he was talking a... shit, man. I was like, that's yeah. right, baby. Show that sway. They ran a he's, screen. He's I think it was to the. They ran a screen to the strong side, I think. And you can see, like, the it's like the zoomed-in version of the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And then you see Quay Walker's body just go from, from the hash marks all the way across out to the outside. And he gets yeah. there to make a tackle for, like, a two-yard gain on a screen pass. Like, that's that's what's been missing for the Packers is that speed. The I can't wait to see him play really. next to Campbell. That's yeah. going to be 
amazing. We're going to talk about Campbell later too. The best part about um, that play is Walker was the one calling calling the audible. He was the one mm. barking the orders to everybody. He was like, hey, 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 check this, check, check, check. And then he was the one that made the play. I was like, oh, oh dude, everybody's fucked. We got two good middle <laughs> linebackers. You're fucked. <laughs> I'm getting amped up. This Mountain Dew's got like cocaine in it or something, man. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so you lied to Courtney's dad when he asked what you were drinking. It's that Kroger vodka, and now you got Mountain Dew mixed with it. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm getting crunk up in here, please. <laughs> vodka, vodka Mountain Dews. Simon, is there anybody else that you're just kind of completely done with? Uh, I don't know that I'm done. And I have three guys that uh, just concern me. Hmm. Uh, so Tyler Davis concerns me. Uh, I think he's going to make the roster just based off the coach's comments. And for that some reason, they feel him. But. He, if you just read any Packers content over the offseason, it was, I mean, his uh, his fumble in the preseason, his drop pass, which led to an interception in the red zone, and then just false starts, whatever in practices and stuff, holding. And it, it was just not a good read. So he concerns me a little bit, but I do think he makes the roster. And then uh, Royce Newman and, um, damn, I'm really bad with names. I'm sorry. Uh, no, you're fired. Yep, I know. And uh, Jake Hansen, Jesus, those two. Wow, you're, ahead cons- of, you're ahead of me now. <laughs> <laughs> you know that was my whole. That's my whole goal. I'm actually out of here now. So. <laughs> you don't have to listen to your mouse and keyboard yeah, anymore during the show. That's crazy that you say you're kind of. You're you're not saying you're done with them, but you're concerned, and that's that's a little scary because they both might be on our line. To start well, that's what I'm saying. Week one. If they have to play, and uh, when we do. Uh, I don't know if we do whatever um, roster predictions and we talk about the roster a little bit more, I was going to drop that in there, but um, you can say yeah, that if that. they have to take a long extended uh, stay on the line for the season, it's going to concern me a little bit. I, but I, 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 I think Jake Hansen's not, he's not he, like Zach Tom's going to make the starting roster. And I That's think what that I was just going to say. Out. I said this to you guys this morning when you shared the 75 snaps and zero pressures, I was going to say like the Packers started rookies at guard or at, uh, at the offensive line last year. Why not let Zach Tom start at right guard this year? I'm comfortable with it with as versatile as he is. And with Matt LaFleur talking about Zach Tom, that they want him to keep learning new positions because he wants to keep learning new positions, mm-hmm. that they wouldn't be doing that if he wasn't already capable of knowing what he's already done to continue to do more. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. That's a good point. <laughs> Simon, I like you brought up uh, Royce Newman because he is awful at right tackle. He's okay at right guard but that's why i brought up tom's ability to play tackle because he can just kick out and he's i feel good with him out there really and newman's much better inside he was getting his ass whooped at right tackle. yeah so I, maybe, I think it'll be interesting to see right apparently they've been playing at him at left guard uh zach tom it's they're not moving, I, unless they move run into right guard. That, well, that was, that was an interesting five. point yeah. in one of the practices was that they moved him to left guard I saw it was kind of interesting. So the unfortunate thing for – oh, go ahead, Tyler. You see Isaac's comment? Yeah, I I was just bringing up um, (laughs) Isaac and then Lombardi time. Bruce um, said to hope to start at right guard over those two in week one. Honestly, him on the right side at either one of those positions, I feel comfortable Mm -hmm. um, just finding out and see if he's going to be capable of doing it in a real NFL game. Um, Minnesota's Vikings defense doesn't 
terribly concern me. Like they have some good players around the roster, but overall, you know, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Um, when it comes to left guard, I'm not going to lie. When they said that they were giving Zach Tom some snaps at left guard, I felt like they were just trying to do that to kind of create some competition for John Runyon so that they make him feel like the job isn't guaranteed to him. Mm-hmm. But I think that left guard job is pretty much guaranteed to Runyon. Yeah, I do too. It's that just too fun. bad that Nyman can't play right tackle. Like they said, he's just like he's stuck at a tackle because I do think he's probably in the top like six of our or seven linemen when all of them are healthy when Bakhtiari and yeah, Jenkins yeah. is healthy. Right now he's the top five, but once uh, – I mean, how great would it be able to, if he could play right tackle to push him to right tackle, David at left, mm-hmm. you have, you know, Jenkins. Runyon and then Elton Jenkins and Myers, but you still want to get Tom on the field. But it, it's a good problem to have, really. I'm right. Just, the right side does concern me a little bit. The Vikings, I don't know that their pass rushers will hold up the whole season, but they're going to be there week one. So we get, we just got to be ready for them, and we have to have a good plan. Now, granted, we're going to see Mercedes Lewis is going to be on That's exactly what I was We're going to have A.J. Dillon. Right that's going to be able to crack Zedario Smith coming around the corner. Um, Where is ass out? Yeah. That's all you got to so, do with him. Where there's going to be a lot better protection. Yeah. I thought the Packers will do a lot of quick hit, a lot of quick hit passes, especially early in the game, just to get some rhythm going. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it's going to be first play of the game. Rodgers is taking a deep shot to Christian Watson. If I'm the so. Packers, if I'm the Packers, I, I did that was one of my things I said I hope happens. But if I'm Matt Lafleur, I call a screen on Zanarius Smith's side the first play of the game because he wants to kill Aaron Rodgers. So they're all going to be coming so hard that side. Just let them all pursue and then throw it right past him. Really, like, what he wants to do is make us upset. Yeah. He wants to go at Packers fans, bro, yeah, because he so. saw we were talking shit about him. You got paid all that money and you sat on your ass. I understand you had back and surgery, then but he made it out like we were the bad people. We came, yeah, to come on, if man. I'm not mistaken, I thought we like offered to restructure or something and mm-hmm. it just wasn't going to work out. Bro, we, we um, loved him when he so, was here. Yeah. He, there was he no hate. Absolutely changed our defense in those 100%. Yeah. Changed, so, yeah it changed the culture of the pass rush. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, all right. he's on bullshit. I, I really do hope Dylan cracks him in his shit. I do. All right, let's do some Wisco Disco. So basically the way this was presented to us, I got to give credit to Wisco Ball. I got to give credit to Tyler again. He came up with this idea. Mm -hmm. Um, And we turned it into the way that we're going to predict the last three spots on the roster. So we're going to think of this as, say, a disco or a nightclub, and you get the last three people that are in are going to be 50 through 53 on the roster or 51 through 53 on the roster. And then outside the outside the club, you got three guys waiting behind the rope to be the next three in. So we'll start with Simon. Who are your last three that you have making the roster? All right. So uh, last three guys I have making the roster is Goodson. Um, what? I'm reading. Isaac's He's reading comments, Isaac's oh. comments. <laughs> I Isaac's a fool. Sorry. I thought that was a good pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 you, no, you. I always read Isaac's comments because he's a fool. Uh, yeah, he's funny, dude. Um, where was I? Oh, uh, Goodson. I have uh, Abernathy making the roster. And then uh, I misspoke earlier. It's Keandre Thompson, not Kyrie Thompson. Uh, so that's my is it, fault. Is it Thomas or Thompson? What did Keandre I say? Keandre Thomas. I think it's I, Keandre Thomas. I, I, you know what's funny? I wrote down Thomas. I said Thompson. <laughs> you know, I, know, I don't I'm think he makes the roster. Both of his names wrong. 
I'm oh, on a roll. Simon's tonight. fired. Yeah. <laughs> the front office won't be able to get a hold of him, so they're not going to be able to cut him. So he'll just make yeah. the roster. He'll just show up in the locker room. He doesn't have they're a gonna, locker They're going to be looking at his phone number and be like, dude, is that a five or a two? Like, I can't. <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes. So that's my right. that's my last three. Your last three, Jake. Who are your last three to make the roster? I'm drunk. Jesus, not really. I don't have a Me too, man. All right, so my last three in, um, I actually do have Tyler Davis. I think that they're going to think long and hard about it. I think he'll be one of the last three that they consider. He will make the roster. Um, I have Kobe Jones. I didn't mention him for a reason, but he's been making some noise. I hear a lot a lot about him in practice making plays. Um, he's, he's just been making plays. I, I, I like him. And I have a reason for this guy making it when I we talk about last three out, but Jawan Winfrey, I think, will be one of the last ones. I think he's going to be close with one of the rookies. That's why I have him in my last three in. Can't cut him. Aaron Rodgers loves him. Brian, two are your last three in. So my last three in is first Dallin Levitt, because, and mm. they're going to instantly put him on IR. So I kind of cheated here a little bit. So I put him as last three in, but there would be no reason they wouldn't release him already with an IR or injury settlement like last week. So I think he makes the roster and instantly reverts to um, goes to IR, which means we're gonna probably pick someone back up. Um, so uh, Patrick Taylor, running back, I differ from you guys a little bit right here. Hmm. And oh, the wow. reason I have him is because Goodson cannot pass protect. Taylor can. That's fair. And if you look at last night's game, Goodson had the big run, but actually Taylor was more efficient. And then um, Rashid Walker, I think, showed enough last night. to, And hmm. people think he was a steal of the draft, right? They think he should have gone in the fourth. So I just put Rashid Walker on there because I think we might try to hold on to him, especially last night. He had a tremendous game. So we might put him in. And then, yeah, those are my three. Hmm. That guy's on, reckless. I have on him on the bro. team, too. Yeah, bro, that video of him humping that guy. Every time I hear his name, I just think about him humping a dude. I wanted to do that to Zadarius Smith. <laughs> like, dude, think about the embarrassment you got cold clocked inside of the face. No, giant dude's humping you. Come on, there's no coming back from that, man. That guy retired after that game, you know that, right? Yeah, that guy, that guy quit football after he hung up his pants. No, he did not. Nah, I'm just fucking with <laughs> Oh, that would have been amazing. That would have been like you really can't come back from that. That would yeah, have been he's an insurance salesman now. <laughs> I have a couple. Uh, so because Simon already said it, I one of the ones I played with was uh, I think Micah Abernathy has made it really interesting what to do with Tariq Carpenter, and I think he probably took Tariq Carpenter's spot. And I think Micah, Micah Abernathy and- makes the line, uh, the roster. I think one of those two will be the ones that, like you said, takes the place of Dolan Levitt on the roster. And then once he's healthy, that those guys will be one of the guys that ends up on the practice squad. Um, for me, I did also put goods in. You bring up pass protection. For me, when I'm looking at the third running back, I'm looking at a guy who's only going to play in the fourth quarter with leads. And at that point, um, I'm not looking at a guy who's going to pass protect a bunch. I'm looking at a guy who's going to be able to get three or four yards to keep the chains moving, to keep the clock moving. So that's that's why I leaned more Goodson with than Taylor. Uh, I did also have Jawan Winfrey on my my list. He's he's I think made enough plays to earn a roster spot. I do think where Winfrey is concerned that he makes the roster over a Samari Toure. Um, so we'll see what happens there. And then the last one that I put on here was Trent McDuffie. He might be he might be a little 
not so close to the roster bubble. But as Isaiah far as... McDuffie? Didn't Trent McDuffie get drafted by Kansas City? Yeah, that was Trent. Uh, yeah, that's the wrong McDuffie. Yeah. Wrong McDuffie. All right, we're all on a roll tonight. Let's go. It wasn't just yeah, me. right. Oh, we're Brian, all fired. <laughs> dude, why is Bryant the one putting himself together right now? He looks like the most professional. What's happening right now? He hasn't messed up at all. Oh, we'll catch him. Um, <laughs> what are you talking about? I didn't know. Freaking. Uh, see, I already forgot his name. Um, yeah. The, the outside linebacker. Okay, fine. Oh, Tipa Yeah, you thought he was a you yeah. thought he was a defensive lineman. Whatever, same. He's difference. skinny, skinny defensive lineman. It's because he's an outside he's linebacker. A, he's a skinny <laughs> offensive linebacker, outside linebacker, offensive he's linebacker. Yeah, there nice. you go. See what you did, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> We're falling apart. Let's go, baby. Um, so, so McDuffie might be a little farther away from the roster bubble, but just as as players that I'm looking at, I, I put him on my last three in. Um, so we'll go in the reverse order for the last three out. Um, so these are the guys basically if somebody were to go down that these guys would be the first three coming onto the roster to replace somebody. Uh, so I did put Tariq Carpenter on my list. Um, if the other guy you have to remember at, at safety is Sean Davis. Um, he basically took all of Darnell Savage's rep, uh, reps after Savage got injured in the preseason, mm-hmm. had his hamstring. Um, Sean Davis took all of the starting safety reps after that. And then if we're looking at Micah Abernathy, um, it could be it could be either him or Carpenter. Um, then I'm looking at Shamar Jean Charles. I think it's possible that he makes the roster, um, but just way the roster is set up, I'm I'm looking wow. him to be one of the first three out. Um, and then and then my guy Jack Eflin. It hurts me to do it, but um, it, I I think Jack Eflin's just going to miss the roster again this year just because they have so much depth on that offensive uh, defensive line. See, then again, we're all drunk. <laughs> so I guess I'm up, right? So go ahead. I didn't have Juwan Winfrey. Tim, you're gonna jinx for, it. For uh, for me, I know you all t- mentioned Winfrey. For me, he's like solidly on the roster, and I think there is a chance they carry eight wide receivers because they use Amari Rodgers. I know that's crazy, but because they use Amari Rodgers as a three running back. If you see Patrick Taylor and Tyler Goodson get cut. I bet you we carry eight wide receivers or we do carry a Jack Heflin or something like that. So there's kind of a little bit of a bolt. That's not my bold prediction, but I could see it happening because all of them have showed something. Now I do feel very comfortable that if they, if they cut some Mari Toure, they will get him back on the practice squad. Um, he's looked good, but I think, I don't think anyone's going to claim him and put him right on their 53. Right. So maybe the bears. Cause they don't yeah, have, I was going to say the bears might, <laughs> um, and they love taking our players. Right. So it's possible, but um Imagine so being a scenario where Equinamius St. Brown is your second best wide receiver. He got cut by us last yeah. year. Yeah. So my first three out are Tyler Goodson. He showed a lot. I just I, I I hear you on the fourth running back, but what happens if um you know say AJ Dillon gets banged up? I think Patrick Taylor can fill in for that. And he also showed that he can so he could help with pass pro. I still think they should have played him in the playoff game more last year instead of just solely relying on Aaron Jones. And I think that and he's also showed that he can catch the ball um, fairly well, too. Um, three catches last night. He added one after I finished my article, my bad. Um, so I, he had three catches for 17 yards. Um, so I have Tyler Goodson out. I have Kobe Jones out, first three out. I think we're going to try to get him on the practice squad. And then because I kept Rasheed Walker in, I had Caleb um, Jones out. So Isaac asked what they feed Caleb Jones, and I think they just feed him smaller offensive linemen. 
Yeah, pretty much. No, those skinny defensive ends, that's what they feed him. Yeah. <laughs> he ate Jake, keeping all the eye one practice. Yeah. Jake, <laughs> Jake who are your last or your first three out of the roster? All right. Well, I am opposite Bryant. I have Patrick Taylor. Um, we've already cut him once. So cutting him again wouldn't be a big shock. Um, second, I have Samari Toure. Um, the reason I brought him up, I would keep him over Winfrey personally. I actually I think he has more flash. Um, I know Winfrey's been a little bit more consistent, but Toure's he's got a he, blocker too. He just feels like big play to me when I watch him. Like he feels like see, big play. He's excited. Blocked by Winfrey on that one screen last night, though. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was, good but, that was especially yeah. for a smaller dude. Yeah. yeah, he's he has to do all the right things though because he's been trying he's been trying to make it you know the last couple of years. Um, and then my last one is uh, Kevion Ento. He's he's my last one. Oh, that's a good one. I didn't even think of him. I I didn't want to talk about that one too much because that was Tyler's boy last year, and I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to upset him. I, <laughs> but so, we have a lot of depth, yeah. man. At, at DV, that's man. that's what it is. It's like like the 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 super deep defensive ends and the the super deep cornerbacks. Be... It's it's a position of luxury, um, but it's two guys that just play with tons of effort, and that's what I mm-hmm. appreciate about them, especially Heflin. Like you can just see the dude. He's got his motor at 110 every single play. Tyler, I would be I know really why, surprised. Uh, going back to Tyler real quick, I would be really surprised if Smartine Charles. This that would be one of the surprises to me. Yeah, that would if be surprising too. Make, make the uh, roster, and I unfortunately, I just don't think we can Jake Kumaro, uh, Jawan Winfrey, and I think Tori is the uh, um, Torre is the uh, you know the unless they carry eight, he's kind of the odd man out. Yeah. But I do think there's a hundred percent chance unless he gets claimed, he's on the practice squad. I like Torre for some reason. I do too. About him. Shamar Jean Charles, the only thing I think with him that kind of makes me a little hesitant is that he's really small. Yeah, but he he plays with an edge, you know. And when you're when you're a little guy like that, you kind of have to. But he he plays with an edge. Look look at freaking Jair. Jair's not big at all. He's only five ten, not even two hundred pounds. He's a little guy, but he's considered the best or the second best corner in the league. Plays with an edge. He's kind of got that little cockiness. Not in the top one hundred though. Yeah. yeah, what the fuck? That list was trash. How does David Montgomery make the top 100, but Yikes. not Aaron Jones? For real, dude. What the fuck? Or A.J. Dillon, who both had better years than probably David Montgomery last year. So. Um, Isaac yeah. asked, what do you guys think about Ladarius Hamilton? I don't have him on the roster. I don't think he'd be need to. He's like, I, I he's actually, like Keepa. Yeah, I, I felt comfortable leaving him off my roster. And I think, I'd think i think I'd prefer Enoch Bari based on what he's shown. Mm-hmm. All right, Simon. Who are your last three or your first three out? I should say. Oh, uh, I. I mean, we already talked about these three. I also have Heflin out. I. I it was such a t- just because of roster construction. I, I have mm-hmm. him not making the team. It's unfortunate because I really like him, mm-hmm. but it's just there was no room for him. But I, I feel comfortable that he would he would also mm-hmm. stay on our practice squad. Uh, some Marituri, if it were up to me. I same same with Jake, right? I I feel better about him getting better on our team and leaving Jawan Winfrey because I don't think anyone would claim him. But I, I feel like there's a slight chance that he gets claimed if Toure goes on the practice squad. But Aaron Rodgers already talked up Jawan Winfrey all off season, so I, I think he's kind of a lock to make the roster. I think if you're point. if you're worried about the the Bears potentially claiming a guy, I think you'd be. 
I think they'd be more apt to pick up a guy in Jawan Winfrey who has at least a little bit more experience than a, than a seventh round rookie. And he plays no, in that offense up? already. Yeah, that's true too. So we'll see. Um, and then lastly, uh, someone mentioned it, Caleb Jones. I, I feel like uh, I already have. I have roster uh, the way I construct the roster. We have ten offensive linemen making in. Uh, I also have Rasheed Walker. Uh, I think he did enough last night, and I think. Uh, he has a higher ceiling than Caleb Jones because Caleb Jones is so big. How how much can he really improve on something other than him just being a gigantic mammoth? <laughs> Bro, how fun would it be to have him as fullback with Dylan in the background? <laughs> oh. They just pull a Rico Gafford and flip him hey. a defense and put him at nose tackle. <laughs> hey, run the Wildcat with a wishbone with, uh, what's his name, Ford and uh, Caleb Jones. <laughs> the two... <laughs> And then just have him just plow the line with AJ Dillon as the the quarterback. Oh my gosh, <laughs> he wouldn't. AJ Dillon wouldn't that, have anywhere to go. There'd be nowhere to step. There would be just be just chance bodies be just like on that blob play. just laying in front of him. He had nowhere to step. That's a lot of beef. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this will be interesting because now I think we're going to get into some some really interesting stuff. We're going to talk about the NFC North record predictions. So this is not only the Packers, but we're going to predict the whole division. Um, I just flipped a coin in my head, and we're gonna make Jake go first. So, <laughs> how, do you, how do you flip a coin between four people? How do you flip? How do you flip a four sided coin? I just told you I did it in my head. Why don't you just say a dice? Because that's got six sides. You can have a four sided die, it would have to be a prism. Yeah, it's a prism. No, it's you know what? It's a fucking coin. coin, and I'm going first. So shut your damn mouth. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so, uh, do you want me to start from last place or first place? Because you guys know first place. Do do last place because this will okay. be fun. I know who last place is going to be. I think for all four of us. Yeah. Nope. I have the Lions in last place at five and twelve. Really? Um, really? I think they're going to have the same record as the Chicago Bears. They're both going to be five and twelve. I just think that the Bears will beat the Lions in their head to head because they always beat the Lions because the Lions do what the Lions do. <laughs> they're both going to be five and twelve. Um, I have the Vikings at nine and eight, and then I have the Green Bay Packers winning the division at twelve and five. All right, that's fair. Bryant, what do you got for the NFC North? So I'm giving the Lions a lot more respect than Ty, uh, Jake, but I have the Bears at five and twelve, so we are the same there. And then I have the Lions. I I went between eight, nine, nine and eight um, because no the Bears are so awful. I put uh, the Lions at nine and eight because I think the Bears might not win a division game this year. Um, I have the Vikings at 11 and six. I think they are a very good team. I think they will be a wild card. I have the Packers at 12 and five. And the one thing I noted about the Packers, I think the one thing, the one thing I noted about the Packers mm-hmm. is that they start five and four and they finish seven and one. I think there's a very possible, there's a decent chance they might start one and two and people are going to freak out. Right. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have a strong finish. So that, that's my, my prediction there. So I was laughing because he must have the exact same. <laughs> Everything you just said, I was going to say like to a T <laughs> I was, uh, so I have the same exact records, except I have the lines at nine and eight. And then that's what, what I said, had. Them. I think the bears are going to get swept by the division this year. Yeah. So I, I had the lines at a, nine and eight. <laughs> I'm very bullish on the lions. I, I feel like they could win a, couple surprise games um they have a week schedule too. all right yeah. now we're talking about it I, I, I they're really, the lions they I always know, find I, a way I, to lose i know but <laughs> i i feel like the roster is a 14 no, point lead in the first half against the packers last year what's that 
And they the year prior. Point <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure. They went for zero seconds against us twice and lost. They're the Lions. I, I know. I know what you're saying, but their their roster's in a better place this year. I, I feel like they're uh barring major injuries, obviously, all our predictions were made this way. Okay. They they had a disgusting amount of injuries last year. Like I think they were the second most beat up team in the league, minus the Titans or something along those lines. I, I forget what the exact thing was. So I'm very bullish on what they could do this year to improve, and I, I think they kicked the shit out of the Bears too. Yeah, I and I think I, I feel like five wins for the Bears is also being generous. I thought so too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you too, I right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I wanted the, to put them at four, but I was like, they might sneak one out. Yeah, I had them sneaking a couple wins, uh, especially playing the NFC East. Um, I yeah, I also have the uh, Vikings eleven and six as well, and then I have the Packers twelve and five. And I was thinking the same thing as Brian when I was doing our schedule earlier. Uh, I think we have a really tough schedule, in, uh, especially in the starting of the season, also with yeah. traveling and stuff. Mm-hmm. Too, uh, I think we're the most traveled team in the NFL this year. Yeah. And then we get the shortest amount of rest in between. So there's going to be some tough games. And I, I feel like the first half of the season, like Brian said, it's going to be, it's going to be a little rough uh, when you look at this uh, schedule on our first like nine games or so. And waiting um, for and some then, offensive linemen to get healthy too. Hey, I would love a seven and one finish heading into the, into the playoffs. I, I, yeah, I would too. Uh, so that's, yeah. Thanks Brian for. Uh... Yeah, okay. Blame. Uh, Tyler <laughs> no, I, I swear we did not coordinate <laughs> this at all. It's the craziest part. Dude, I'm not over this lion stuff. You guys. You're I think looking... we're, I think we're a year away from being the NFC West two years ago. I think next year there's a chance that three NFC North teams, if they got rid of, if they took any other, like a quarterback that was even top 20 and put it on that roster, I think they'd be fighting for a playoff spot this year. I think that's where the lines are heading. I think they're, they're just shy. If, if they can I think pick they up a quarterback, cut their teeth they're... in the league a little bit. Um, yeah. Jamison Williams' health is going to factor into I think they're a year well. away. They're, I think they're a year away from being a year away. So I think, Two Thank years you. from now, I Thank think we you. could really talk about the Lions being a playoff contender. So I, I, don't, I don't love the front, Lions front seven, but I feel like they have a couple of corners that could be pretty That's, good. Like I said Okuda, that last year, their secondary was was decent. Mm-hmm. Well, if Okuda comes back and he plays some good ball, and what's his name? Uri, Uriye? I forget his name. Uriye? Yeah, Uriye. He played some decent ball last year. If you look at his stats and stuff, he What's played there? pretty he have good. A safety, I think his name is like Tracy Walker or something. Tracy like that. Walker, yeah, that was he's he had, good he had too. some he had some good plays against the Packers in Week 17 last yeah. year. So um, I, I feel like they actually have some good pieces on offense. And their offense, and their offensive line, line is just so good. Their yeah. offense all around is is gonna go as far as Jared Goff can take them. True. That's that my thing with my them. Point. They don't have the coach or the quarterback. They are a five-win team, and I'm smashing it in both your faces when they only win five games. I'm telling you I right bet. now. So I have the Bears. I, I'll bet you they win over five. You, I want to do a bet. We'll see. You want to do a pie bet with me? I've been yeah. waiting to do a pie. I'll, bet yeah, I'll do a pie bet. <laughs> Let's do They'll it. win more than five. Five games. Five games. Five games. Deal. If, if they, they win five and under, I win. If they win, I'll do the. I'll do the same, and I want like a double pie on your face. When they win, I'll do over two five. fucking yeah, pies. Yeah, but if you lose, you're doing two pies then. <laughs> no, no if they, they lose, pie. then they would each do one. No, yeah. he joined late. He does two. <laughs> no, I'll give you a pie, Jay. <laughs> Before week two um, game. I'm excited for us all to be together in person, by the way. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. 
gonna be sick. Anyways, back to the um, show. <laughs> I'm gonna set up that pie bet because I have the Lions at six wins. So I'm gonna set that one out because I'm kind of right in the middle there. I'm actually right in the middle with pretty much with all of this. No, I so, don't need Yeah, maybe send them the spe- Simon. Speaking Brown. of vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's me. Um I'm not gonna say what I was just thinking, but anyways, <laughs> I'm gonna go back. I have the Bears finishing last in the division at four and thirteen. Um, I don't believe in their offense or their defense, and essentially they're looking at trading their best defensive player. Um they nothing about their defense concerns me at all. And their offense is Justin Fields, Darnell Moody, David Montgomery, and Cole Komet and a bad offensive line. I think I'm so Fields. ready for their fans to go back into hibernation. Like they're, yeah. they're like Dallas fans, man. They just, oh, man. this is our year every August, year. Yeah, so. Every year, August Dallas is, is Dallas Cowboys. This is our year time. Um, I think Justin Fields is going to lead the NFL in turnovers this season. Um, <laughs> I'm standing by that. I think Justin Fields will have the most and turnovers. time sack. Probably very, probably. very probably. He is a capable runner. I'll give him that. So he might, he might get in, Escape for some one and two yard gains, and he he'll, is, but he'll, I also he'll feel escape like the pocket and stick the ball out as he runs out of bounds. But I feel like he, he forgets that he's in the NFL sometimes, they can't just run away from college players anymore. Yeah, the game slowed down. He's gonna have he's happy feet 95% of the game because offensive line is fucking rocked. Yeah, look at like Chicago mayor after that hit. <laughs> <laughs> I got the Bears at four and thirteen. I have the Lions at six and eleven. I do think they'll be better, but I don't think they're ready to to get into approaching five hundred yet. Um, I think that's where they could be next season. They'll be in that eight and nine, nine and eight area, and then the year after, I think, is the the twenty twenty four season is where they could really start to contend for the playoffs. Um, I have the Vikings right in between everybody else. I have the Vikings at ten and seven, and then I also have the Packers at twelve and five. So there we go. All four of us have the Packers at twelve and five. Um, we saw the last two seasons the Packers get off to slow starts in their first games of the season and then be fine. So it's not any sort of reason to freak out if the Packers kind of stumble out of the gate. Like I said, too, they're waiting for both of their, their best offensive linemen to get healthy, Robert Tunyon not being healthy yet, and then they're rolling in their first game without Devontae Adams. So I think it's very possible that the Packers might lean on the defense a little bit more in that game and try to play a Cleveland Browns style of defense and run the ball against Minnesota in week one. We don't want to jinx it, Isaac. Uh, Isaac said, I'm surprised no 13 wins from anybody. We don't want to jinx it. We want the streak to stay alive. So I I want to jump back real quick because I forgot to say something about preseason recap real quick. Oh, God. The okay. special teams has me very worried. And the thing with – because you talking about the defense made me cue on this is – we're going to have a great defense, but if our special teams is making them start at the 35 or 40 yard line every several times a game, that means they can't give up 25 yards or they're giving up points. So back to the, hopefully there's a trickle down effect of the people that were starting on special teams are possibly getting cut. And those people that are starting on defense are going to special teams. That's mm-hmm. where I'm holding out my hope, but I just want to talk about that because we could not get through the show without talking about that. Pre-season. I want to throw this to you about, if the offense can sustain drives and keep the defense fresh, that's where I feel makes a big difference. So if the if the offense struggles and they're doing a lot of three and outs, that's when I'll really get concerned for the defense. Honestly, the special teams, as bad as it is, it still really can't get any worse than it was last season. 
Yeah. So, you can't give up 20-yard average on punt returns. I'm sorry. That's just – Yeah. Oh. There, All right, moving forward. Hopefully, it gets better because people are going to start coming on. Coming, I think it was. Sorry. I think it was people Innis are gains, start, starting Innis on. Innis gains was that, this close to making yeah. a tackle on Sky Moore at like the ten yard line. It was so close. Um, and I, maybe, maybe the guys that were starting on special teams last night weren't expecting punt god Pat O'Donnell to be punting seventy yards, sixty nine yards, and sixty eight yards on his punts. Um, I caught me and off Goods, guard. I'm not going to lie. Goodson won't be the one in the back, you know, fumbling it in the, the end zone and then taking it out still. Like, that's going to be Amari Rogers, who are a Randall Cobb or maybe Christian Watson back there. So, Dubs. someone maybe with a little more experience. Our Romeo Dubs. Dubs, yeah, Dubs, has Dubs that is an outstanding college kick return. Especially on punts, Romeo Dubs. Okay. So, this is, this is going to be fun. So, this is going to be interesting. We have stat projections. Now, all four of us made projections, like we said at the beginning of the show. I took all of them, put them all together, and we have consensus numbers. So I'm going to put out the consensus numbers, and then two of us are going to talk. So one of us who was the most um, optimistic on the player, and then one who uh, had a little bit more of a conservative outlook. So we're going to start. We have Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Alan Lazard, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs on offense. On defense, we have Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, Rasul Douglas, Devondre Campbell, Rashawn Gary, and Kenny Clark. So we're going to start with Aaron Rodgers. Our consensus for Aaron Rodgers for his projections are 354 completions on 510 attempts. That's 69.4% completion percentage. (laughs) Good job, everybody. I'm so happy right now. Not planned, but that worked out so well. That was fucking awesome. Let's go. For 4,153 yards. 36 touchdowns and five and a half interceptions. So I was the most optimistic on Aaron Rodgers. I did do him for my progress in the progress regress when we did that a couple weeks ago. For me, I believe he spreads the ball around, has a season like 2012, um, and moves more on par with the numbers that he's had under the floor. Um, Simon had the least completions and attempts as well as the least amount of yards and touchdowns projected. So Simon, you have the floor. Uh, I just, yeah, I, I feel like this was probably the hardest for me to even try to guess because part of me thinks that Aaron Rodgers is probably going to throw the same, but I, I feel like there's going to be a little bit of regression on how much he throws and how much we run the ball. Um, and that's pretty much it. So that, that's kind of where my stats came from. Yeah. I, I think he'll still, you know, his YPA will be about the same. Um ish between the two seasons so and then i i I, did i have the lowest touchdowns do you say that yeah lowest touchdowns too same same thing Uh, i feel like dylan's gonna get a few more uh touchdowns on the ground um you projected 32 touchdowns for aaron Rodgers. yeah is mike mccarthy the coach again i thought i was low at 34 or whatever it was i had him at 40 yeah you had 34 or bryant I have him at his average with LaFleur at 37, and that is exactly where he's going to sit. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I think with the lower amount of passes and the more on the ground that I think we're going to see, I, I, I feel like, um, and maybe with some jet sweeps and stuff, I, I feel like there's just going to be it's just going to be slightly lower than what we've seen in the past couple of years. Okay, let me, let me they, throw something at you real quick. Uh, so the defense is better, right? What if the defense gets a bunch of interceptions or a sack fumbles and gives them short fields? That's just more passing opportunities where we could take a shot and he could still keep his average he, where it that is. That was lower yards, though. 
Yeah. I don't care about yards. I care Dude, about touchdowns. Touchdowns, touchdowns over <laughs> yards all day. I don't give a shit about yards. <laughs> give me Devontae Adams over Julio Jones when it comes 100%. to production. Every day, seven days a week. Yep. Um, what's up, Chris? Is there is that related, Brian? That's my is that brother. related to you? Yeah, that's my brother. Uh, it's right. funny because he said since he's thing. a Vikings fan, he's not going to tune in, but he tuned in just late enough to miss us doing the Vikings predi- uh, record predictions. Well, I mean, we all predicted the Vikings to finish second in the division. So, I mean, that's yeah. that's a, you know, that's something at least. Uh, let's go to Aaron Jones. So <clears throat> this one, this one was really interesting to see everybody's predictions. Um, came up to 178 carries for 868 yards. That's 4.9 yards per carry. I think that's actually pretty accurate. Um, seven and a half touchdowns, and then 68 receptions on 83 targets for 563 yards. That's 8.3 yards per reception, and five and a half receiving touchdowns. Um, for me. Me being the most optimistic on Aaron Jones again, um, I really, really think he can be um, in that 80 reception range like Brian brought up a few weeks ago, um, like an Alvin Kamara type season. Um, I think it's going to be pretty close to a 50-50 split on carries with um, with A.J. Dillon. Um, <clears throat> and then as far as starting off the season, um, outside of maybe Alan Lazard, I think Aaron Jones is going to be Aaron Rodgers' most trusted receiving target. Um Brian, do you have him projected for the least amount of attempts, yards, and touchdowns as far as rushing goes? Jesus, you have, uh, some thoughts on that. No. So, to be clear, I still have him completing or finishing with 1,350 like total all-purpose yards, so it's actually mm-hmm. a better season. But my thing is I think we're going to see a lot of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in the backfield together. So I think when those become carries, that's going to be A.J. Dillon's ball. And when those are passes, a lot of times it's going to be Aaron Jones' ball. Dillon already had more carries than Jones last year. I, I have Dylan getting 40 more carries than Jones this year. I think that's um, pretty reasonable. So I still have him averaging like five yards a carry, 160 attempts for 800 yards and six touchdowns. And then um, the catches, I have him going for 550 yards, which would be, I think, his season or his career high. So I do I do have him having a very good year. I just think that A.J. Dillon is going to carry the ball more than Aaron Jones, and we're going to see a little bit of a more of an uptick of that this year. And that's solely because we're going to ask Aaron Jones to do more in the receiving game. Not because I think he's going to take a step back or anything. I think he's just going to be more involved in the receiving game. So if he picks up I, all those catches and hits, they're, they're probably going to want to dial back on carries a little bit. I sure. put Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon at 200 carries apiece. Like I said, I believe it was going to be 50-50, so I did 50-50. Um, so for A.J. Dillon, our consensus on him, 208 carries for 938 yards. That's 4.5 yards per carry. When we got to the yards per carry, I felt like that was really accurate where we have Aaron Jones at 4.9 and A.J. Dillon at 4.5. I think that's really, really um, fair and, and possible. Uh, nine touchdowns for A.J. Dillon on the ground and then 43 receptions on 52 targets, 421 yards. That's a 9.8 yards per reception average and three more touchdowns on the air. So going for for me, I was the most um, conservative on A.J. Dillon just because I think it's really going to be a really even split. Because Aaron Jones, in my opinion, is the third best dual threat running back in the NFL when it comes to Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, and then Aaron Jones. I really think that's where Aaron Jones is going to be this year. It's just going to depend if he's going to play all 17 games or not. Um, Dude, AJ Dillon's catch rate is disgusting. Yeah, I was gross. like, <laughs> I had to project that, that that it out 75%, and I was like, this is, this is like one of the low ones <laughs> he, for what he normally I does. I think he was, he was what, like 35 for 42 last year or something like that? Something, something like then, that. Yeah. Um, 
And then I do think they're going to use A.J. Dillon as a guy to wear down the defense. Um, so he's going to have a lot of short runs. I think that's where that shorter yards per carry. Um, and then I just don't think A.J. Dillon is going to score a lot of receiving touchdowns. I only projected him at two just because I think when it comes to the red zone, if they're passing to a running back, it's going to be Aaron Jones. All right, so I'm going to kick this one to Jake. Jake was the most optimistic on A.J. Dillon. He had the most attempts, yards, touchdowns, and targets for A.J. Dillon. Yeah, we're going to see a lot of A.J. Dillon this year. Um, this is the year where he's going to blossom into a star in the eyes of NFL fans, in my opinion. Uh, last week, last Friday, Tyler and I talked a lot about 22, 21 personnel. That's two running backs on the field. Um the reason that they scaled back on the 21 personnel this year is because I don't think they trusted and they knew what they had in A.J. Dillon, whereas the year before we still had Jamal Williams, they knew he could run and he could catch, he could do all that kind of stuff. Now coming into this season, we know what we got with A.J. Dillon, plus being a defensive team that we're going to try to do a lot of ball control. Uh, that might be where Simon's head is at with Aaron Rodgers, which I understand. I just think we're going to see a lot of the mayor of Door County and a lot of touchdowns, a lot of Lambo leaps for those Thunder thighs, baby. I have ten rushing touchdowns. Good night, buddy. Oh, I Sorry. thought I was. Uh, I thought I was high on AJ Dillon. I have a thousand yards, ten rushing touchdowns, four hundred receiving yards, and three receiving touchdowns. Dude, he's about. I'm oh, telling I'm you right now. Yep. Thirteen Simon, total touchdowns. The man's going to become a star, household name in the NFL. Simon had pretty most receiving touchdowns with four. Yeah, I had so four. you both had thirteen touchdowns projected for him. Mm -hmm. um, Jake just had ten and three. Simon had nine and four. So let's go to let's go to the receivers. So we we picked Alan Lazard because he's the he's the incumbent number one. He's the guy that's most likely to step into that role. Um, and then we picked the two rookies to cover. Um, if this is something that <clears throat> that people that are watching are enjoying this this stat projection thing, we can do more of these. Um, we could do more for next year. We could do some, and we could cover them um, in the the Vikings preview episode two weeks from now. Um, so. Let us know if you enjoy our staff projections and, and the thought processes behind them. We can do more. Um, so going to Alan Lazard, um, the consensus we had, this was, again, completely chance. Can I, completely can I answer Chris's question quick? Go ahead. Move on from Dylan. Uh, Chris, yeah. I think it would be more likely we would move on from Aaron Jones. Yep, because yeah. he got the money I think Dylan already. would be the one that would stay. Because he got the money already, exactly. Yep. And his contract is very set up to where we can move on from him after this year. Okay, that's what I was about to look up. I, I remember reading something about it. Yes, yeah. Chris. I think uh, Aaron Jones, this could potentially be Aaron Jones' last year with the Packers. Not, I don't want to well, see him go, and I think he loves Green Bay so much that he might find a way to stay. But I think we'll he'd, I think he'd take a, a restructure. If, if I think he would, too. Yeah, I was going to say, it depends on the people on their last year, their contracts. Like, Gary's going to want a lot of money. Obviously, Jenkins. Jenkins. I mean, we have, a we have Amos, Amos, however the hell you say his name. Um, we have Savage. I mean, we have a lot of I think of Savage is going to be the odd one out. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. I love it. It's gonna be tough to. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. You want to talk about a player that's really built for like Green Bay, like just from his upbringing and what he's been through and everything. Aaron Jones is that that guy. So I do think that he would love to stay in Green Bay. Money talks, but I think we paid him enough this year to like, if we had to restructure him and he understood, I think he would want to stay. You could yeah, it's possible. bonus too, and and do it as well. You know what they said? You can manipulate the cap. Well, I mean, Russ Ball got extended, the, the cap space wizard, so. Give him all the money because he knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Sorry. Sorry to cut, jump us off the rails there. But no, you're that's good, all right. Um, so we have another 
another completely chance consensus of 69 receptions for Alan Lazard. Yeah. Let's go, baby. <laughs> On 105 yeah. targets for 872 yards and eight touchdowns. That's 12.6 yards per reception. Um, so I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Jake go on on Alan Lazard has the the least amount of targets, receptions, uh, yards, and touchdowns projected for Alan Lazard. Yeah, um, I just think it's going to be by committee. Uh, Tyler and I have talked about this a bunch of times where we think that whoever the freaking hot hand is that week is who's going to be the hot hand. I mean, we saw it last year with Cobb, even when we had Devontae, Cobb took over a couple of games. Obviously, Cobb was out one or uh, Devontae was out one of those games, but Cobb showed the ability to make plays. Sammy Watkins could be a guy that could take his targets. We all know Aaron Jones is going to get his targets. He was getting his targets already. Uh, I think we're going to run the ball a little bit more with, with AJ Dillon. Uh, you add, I mean, there's Tanya and there's Lewis. I mean, there's just so many guys that you can add in there. I think Alan Lazard could have a couple games. I just don't see him going from a guy that, you know, averages five, 600 yards to all of a sudden being a thousand yard receiver. I just don't see it. So I'm going to, I'm going to let Simon talk more about him. Um, I had the most targets receptions predicted for Lazard, but Simon has the most yards and is tied with me for the most touchdowns projected for him. Um, None of us had him projected for over a thousand yards. So um, Jake had him projected for 720. I had 920. Bryant had 950 and Simon had 897. Um, so that's for, for yards. Um, Simon, would you want to talk about your more optimistic outlook on Alan Lazard? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like if, if you go look at the um, a couple games, man, what, it was like two years ago. There was he, he was catching some deep balls. So I feel like his yards per catch is going to be up there. I, I feel like I was almost conservative with it. A little bit. I know he had uh, a few games where he was tackled at like the four yard line that year, like three times. Like no, well, it just it was like three times during the whole year. Um, so I feel optimistic about his yards per catch a little bit. Um, but if he and I, I think I posed this question to you guys while I was thinking about it uh, the other day, if he got a thousand yard season. I'd be a little surprised, but I wouldn't be that surprised. You asked this on a scale of one to ten. I said four, and I I think I'd be around a four or five too. Like I I would be a little bit surprised because I don't think it's going to happen like Jake just talked about. Mm -hmm. But I feel like he has a he's going to be the guy, so he's going to get targets. And B, uh, I mean Aaron Rodgers still throwing the fucking football, right? So he ha- he has the opportunity um, to to hit it. Um, so I, I feel optimistic about his season. I think the I think the 872 yards is a little bit low. I do think he's going to be right around a little bit above that 900 yard mark, and that's what makes me really think about the 2012 season that Aaron Rodgers had, and that's what I keep coming back to because that was the last time that Aaron Rodgers didn't have a a, a, a blocked and loaded wide receiver one. <clears throat> <clears throat> okay, so I think Tanya will be an X factor when he comes back. Um, that'll be interesting to see. Um, it's going to be the first couple of games of the year where I don't think the tight end position is going to be really involved at all. Um, and then once Tanya comes back, I think there will be some involvement. And yeah. who knows what happens with the rookies and Sammy Watkins to that point. 
I think Tunyon becomes a really good like safety blanket on third down. To be honest, um, that's what I'm looking for. Middle of the field that, guy, because he has amazing hands. So it's just another person that Aaron like knows. Like if I throw this to him in the right spot and tight coverage, he's probably gonna make the catch and we're gonna keep the chains moving. So I really hope he's back week one. I think he will has a decent chance to be in there. So we'll see. All right. So the next two we have are both rookies. So we took the the Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs. Christian Watson, we have consensus 32 receptions, 51 targets, 496 yards, and four touchdowns. That's 15.5 yards per reception. I believe that really reflects that uh, we all believe that he's going to be into that MVS role. Um, I'm going to let Jake talk about Christian Watson. Jake had him very low on some of his projections. All right. So the reasoning for that, he hasn't played in preseason. He literally just started practicing. And we all know the history with Aaron Rodgers, right? He's a guy you have to earn his trust. I mean, Romeo Dubs had an amazing, you know, you know, practices and then preseason, you know, training camp. Sorry, um, he's been he's been awesome. We've been talking about him all the time. You know, all the verified Packer Twitter accounts are talking about him all the time. And I still don't have. I feel like I'm low on Romeo Dubs. So to think about Watson jumping Dubs, just jumping the other rookie on the roster, to me, I just don't see it. I do see him as a deep threat because he's the fastest guy on the roster on offense, I believe. He's big. And he's kind of like a unicorn, and Rodgers kind of talked about that. He's 6'5", and he can run, and he can move. And So could he absolutely explode at, at the midway point of the season? Yes, but I don't see him playing a lot of snaps until that point. So for that reason, only getting really a half season in, I don't see his numbers going crazy. So, Bryant, do you have Watson projected for the most yards and touchdowns? Do you want to kind of elaborate on on your thoughts there? Yeah, I do. Um, I think Jake's probably off the mark on this one. We'll see, buddy. We can make another <laughs> high bet. Uh, I looked at MVS's first year with Rodgers, and wow. MVS is probably the only rookie quarter or wide receiver that went over like 500 yards with Aaron Rodgers as a rookie. People forget MVS had a pretty good rookie year because he dropped a lot of balls. No, some so people don't. Much, some people say yeah. he's a great wide receiver for the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> Why you got to go there? Did you, see, did you see that tweet earlier where it said uh, that Peter uh, from Good Morning Football, I forget his last name, uh, said that I guess MVS was running the wrong routes last year or something? Oh, no. I didn't so, see that. Again, yeah, Aaron Rodgers lost faith in him because he was running the wrong routes. So, anyways, <sighs> I think – uh, Christian Watson is going to step in immediately as our deep threat. I've already said I think my bold, one of my bold predictions for Week One is he's going to have to fifty or a fifty yard plus touchdown against the Vikings. That's that's for you, Chris. Uh, but I do think that uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw the ball down the field, um, and I think Christian Watson. I mean, he's six four or six five, runs a four three six. He's going to find a way to get. He's going to get open. If they can, if they can, if the pass protection holds up, he's going to hit a couple deep shots during the season. That's going to add chunk yardage. So that's why you see the receptions kind of low, but he's going to average like 15 yards of reception. So, um, and Jake will love my uh, one of my bold predictions. I think that I think that role that we all, like I said, I think that role that we all agree on that he's going to step into that MVS, that deep shot role that Rodgers is just going to throw it, whether he completes it or not, is almost irrelevant. He just wants you to know that he's thinking about it. He was um, immediately working with the first team again when he came back, and he apparently was making really nice catches. So, I think he's gonna he's gonna step in. The dude, he can he's got some hops too. Like I saw a picture of him too, where he's like full extension, and he's like three feet off the ground, like twisted in a circle. Um, so we'll see what happens with with Christian Watson if he's how many snaps he plays week one if he's ready. Um, going over to. 
uh, the other rookie, Romeo Dobbs, there's so much camp hype that came from him. He, he rocketed up as far as what the potential role for a fourth-round wide receiver could be. So for the consensus that we have, we have him just two receptions behind Christian Watson at 30 receptions, also on 51 targets, uh, mm-hmm. for 392 yards, so about 100 yards less, three touchdowns, which is a 13 yards per reception. Um, I'm going to let Simon talk on him a little bit. Simon has the most conservative outlook on Dobbs, has him at the, the least receptions, um, the least targets, but the most yards and then the least touchdowns. So I'm going to let Simon talk first, and then I'm going to let Jake talk. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I was pretty conservative, but um, – Except for on the yards. You were giving him all the yards. yards. I, 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 I feel like – I was gonna say he had some he had some good shots down the field from Jordan Love in the preseason. I think they could play off of that. Even Watson, I had his yards per catch almost at twenty two, um, twenty also. Excuse me. Yeah, um, not not yeah, not two two. That's, that's disgusting. <laughs> um, it was like nineteen something. So yeah, I, I feel pretty confident. Um, yeah, both these guys are gonna get probably pretty close uh, yards to 500 or so. I think it'll be difficult to get them involved in the offense early, but I feel like later on down the season, they could both uh, put up some decent numbers down the stretch. As far as these two are concerned, I'm looking at week six or seven for them to start really making an impact. That's when I think they're, they're going to have, you know, the experience and, and the expectations and know what Rogers is expecting being used to NFL travel, NFL defenses, Packers system as far as the regular season is concerned. I'm looking for week six or seven for those two to start. I making think a lot games. hinges on Cobb and Watkins' ability to say it helps. Yeah, that was the other thing I had considered as well. That'll be interesting to see if, if one of those two has like a hamstring, say week week four, and they miss a game or two, who steps up then into the, the third wide receiver. And if they can take a hold of that job. That'll they have a win free who we talked about a lot already. Winfrey could step in. Oh, there. it'll be a revolving door for the first game that one of those guys misses. Yeah. I'll just give him the hot hand. Right. So, Jake, let me let you talk about Romeo Dobbs. You have the most receptions, targets, and touchdowns projected for him. Uh, he's just the guy that gets open, and Rodgers likes that. Uh, Rodgers can read the defense, and uh, we talked about this, actually. Um, he's a guy, you know, Tyler's talking about third down, and when we did our draft, uh, prep. He was a guy that was big on third down back then, but um, Rogers just a guy like we said. He picks on the weak corner, so if Rogers likes to match up with Dubs against that corner, he's gonna throw him the damn ball. And Dubs, you know, Dubs, Dobbs. I like I like Dubs because it sounds cooler. Um, sounds like W's. Yeah, Dubs. Um, he he has a knack for getting open, which we've also mentioned. Um, in it was against second tier, you know, corners, which he's gonna be going against because the number one corner is either going on Sammy Watkins or. Alan Lazard. Lazard. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna pick your poison that way. So Dubs is gonna get the secondary corner. I think he's a guy that can not only get open deep, but he can get open in the middle of the field. You know, the mid level area. And we all know Rodgers is a marksman in the middle of the field too. So, my opinion, I think I was still low on his projections, but I wanted to be, I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt because he was a rookie and he'd not go crazy. But he has that boomer bust. Which time? So, on for- yeah. Chris and Simon are the people I've experienced watching a football game with me. So, we'll just keep it at that. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so, let's go. We're going to switch to the defense now. Uh, we're not going to go quite as 
optimistic conservative on this one just because we were all pretty impressively close together on a lot of these. Um, there's a couple of things that kind of just lie outside a little bit of, of what the consensus is, but we're going to start with Jair Alexander. Um, the consensus we have is 13 passes defense, two interceptions and 56 dubs. tackles. Um, he did say, you can say dubs or dubs. He said he doesn't care. Uh, so let's start with Jair Alexander. Um, pretty much all consensus together on this one. Um, Jake and I both had him for 12 passes defense. Simon and Brian both had him for 14. All four of us have two interceptions for him. And then tackles, Jake 52, Brian 55, me 60, uh, Simon 55. <laughs> so we're all pretty much. I, I just think it's funny that Brian and I are on like the same wavelength. Dude, they're doing their notes next to each other. They're lying to us. They, they live to next door. I swear to <laughs> like God. 22 jumps. Hey, one hand for married. the Dutch rudder, one hand for the notes. <laughs> Oh God! Can we say that on here? Is, this a, is that family? <laughs> this is a family <laughs> program. Fan sided said we don't have to censor our content, so we're not going to do that. All right, right? you go. be you, buddy. Yeah, you be you. <laughs> I almost dropped. I almost dropped one earlier, but I was like, I don't know if we're going to do that. That's why I was laughing. Yeah. 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 Simon, Simon said something about balls deep, and I was going to tell him that's a normal Saturday night for him. But oh God. <laughs> Oh, shit. That was my real laugh. I don't want a real laugh. Out of control. Okay, back to the program. Oh, God. Talk about oh. football, guys. I can't. My, you know, my girlfriend's coming with me to Green Bay. She's going to. She, she's, she's probably so... going to instantly regret that decision if she meets us. 100%. 100%. Uh, I've thought oh, about seeing God. if we can try to find a venue that would let us do a live show that Friday night, but we'll see. Um, so probably Tyler, but that guy he wanted us to do it, do it with. We won't be there till Saturday. Yeah, it won't be till Saturday. Unacceptable. You have to come a day early. <laughs> or you know, you could let us know ahead of time next time. <laughs> Andrew oh, Glazer, you can Google it. <laughs> <laughs> if you're over eighteen, I should say. No, if Andrew's over... Andrew's over eighteen. Okay, Andrew's over eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> oh god there's no little kids up this late anyways if they are their parents are irresponsible <laughs> yeah. watching tv right now <laughs> just as long as we're not on youtube because you can watch our show on there yeah all right let's go okay. to eric stokes eric stokes uh our consensus is 18 18 passes the fence four interceptions and 57 tackles so Bryant and I are both high on passes defense for Eric Stokes. Um, Jake and Simon both had 16. Bryant had 18. I have 22. So Bryant, you want to maybe explain why you yeah, think high? It's because Jair is such a monster that Stokes is going to get targeted more. Um, and I think that's just gonna, he's around the ball. So I think that's just going to lead to more passes defense. Really, I think he might. There's a chance he'll give up more yards this year. But I think with that, he's going to have some stats improve because he's going to get targeted more. Um, that's why I have both him and Rasul actually going up a little bit in stats. Uh, I did have some interception re, uh, regression for Douglas, but I think Stokes is going to. Um, I think Stokes will uh, get three interceptions this year. I think he's probably, hopefully, he's been working on catching the ball because he was there. Um, so. I think he's got a good chance to have a 
Oh, he I had four. He had four dropped interceptions. Four last drops year. last year, but I, I, so I do think that uh, he'll just he's just going to get targeted more, and that's going to give him more opportunities to get interceptions and passes defended. And so that's I my think, thinking on both him and Douglas. That's why I have him as a high passes defense. I have him at twenty two passes defense because, like we say, um, I I believe he profiles as more of a lockdown corner than you know more of like a a, a Jair Alexander type than a Trayvon Diggs type who kind of baits for for interceptions and, and gets burned on some yards once in a while um, or very often actually as it happened last year but um, I'm kind of similar on Rasul Douglas um, I did end up having a high tackle number for Rasul Douglas so we're going to switch to Rasul Douglas our consensus is 16 passes defense four interceptions and 60 tackles I have Rasul Douglas at 75 tackles so when it comes hmm. to um, Rasul Douglas, I think it's worth mentioning that he took some snaps at free safety last week. Dude. Um, being a ball hawk like Rasul Douglas is, um, I think that's actually a really good a good way to keep him on the field a little more often, um, as opposed to teams waiting for teams to run three wide receiver sets or putting Rasul Douglas on a tight end or just taking Jair or Stokes out of the game. Um, so I do have him for a high tackle number. Strictly for that reason, because I think they're going to try to keep him on the field. Um, and I think like like Stokes, like Jair, those two are going to get targeted. Not a lot, a lot of receptions. I think Douglas does kind of allow more receptions than those two. I think it's you know not a shock to say that he's not a shut down of a corner, but he's more of a guy to go and break on a route. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if he's allowing those receptions, I don't think he's going to be allowing guys to get by him and behind him. But if he gives up those receptions, that that's where his high tackle numbers can come from. Hearing hearing Aaron Rodgers talk about his intelligence and the fact that he even in the same breath said Charles Wilson's name with yeah. Rasul Douglas, I 100% agree with you. If he plays any free safety, that those talk those tackle numbers will go up, and I have a um, the interceptions would probably go up too because he just knows how to read a defense. <clears throat> um, I don't know how we sold him last year, Chris. I'm just happy we did, and I'm more happy that he sealed the game against Arizona because that was, that was awesome. amazing. But yeah, like back to back pick sixes. I think you make a really good point that that's a way to get kind of Aaron Rodgers kind of said this on offense, right? You want your 11 best mm-hmm. players on the field, so defense is going to want their 11 best players on the field. And right now, Rasul Douglas is that is in that top 11. Say yeah. say you're playing against the Minnesota Vikings. You say you get a holding penalty on first down, they get a short rushing yard or a short rush on second down, and they're looking at third and 12. Who do you want playing deep safety if Darnell Savage misses week one? Sean Davis or Rasul Douglas? That's an easy question. Douglas, easy. Okay. So I have him at 18 passes defense. Bryant has him at 17. And then I have him down for uh, six interceptions. Um, That's that he had what he had five in nine games last year, yeah. so I'm I'm essentially adding one interception over eight more games. Um, <clears throat> Jake and Bryant both had him at four, and Simon had him at three. Um, Bryant did also have him down for 65 tackles, so I'm not super far on the outlier there. But um, let's go to let's go to Devondre Campbell. Um, <clears throat> our consensus with Devondre Campbell is six passes defense. 141 tackles and two and a half sacks. So I'm going to go to Simon on this one. Simon actually has low numbers projected for Devondre Campbell across the board. So I'm going to let Simon talk about Devondre Campbell a little bit. I mean, it's not that I don't think he's going to regress. I just think our defense is going to get more three and outs. 
if that makes sense. So it'll be less opportunity for the defense to be on the field, which equals less plays and tackles. So a lot of my stat projections when I predict like low tackles <clears throat> and passes defense and stuff, that's what I think. I think our defense is going to take that next level step into that next tier of defenses and get off the field more. And then uh, we're one of the slower played offenses in the league too. I think we were first in you're the um, time of possession guy. Time of possession. Yeah. Last year. So taking that slow time, I, I just feel like it gives less opportunity for the defense to have those stats. That makes sense. That's a good way to look <clears> at, at it. All right. So we're gonna look at Kenny Clark. Um, we were all really, really close on Kenny Clark. We have eight and a half tackles for loss projected, 49 and a half tackles, six sacks for Kenny Clark. Um, we're all really close on him. We're all excited for the defensive line being better to take some pressure off Kenny Clark and allow him some more opportunity. I don't know if anybody wants to, to say anything specific about Kenny, but we were all pretty close on the, so, the projections. I'm there. excited. I think coming into the uh, season, we are like, oh, man, it's going to be great to have Wyatt play next time. I don't think it's going to be wide as much anymore. He still has got some development, but it sounds like Jaron Reed is just showing Mm -hmm. out right now. So I absolutely think that um, Clark's probably going to have – like that defensive line, you're going to pick your poison. If they want to double-team Clark, fine, then Jaron Reed will get you. If they want to double-team Jaron Reed, then Gary might get you. So I think he's just going to go back. Lowry is not a bad pass rusher to lose in that situation. So, uh, yeah. So exactly. So I just, just the depth I think is going to allow uh, um, Kenny to shine. Clark to have some more one on ones, and he'll get back to his normal sack numbers and stuff like that. So I'll tell you this: you guys remember the Vikings game last year? Uh, Kenny one? Clark absolutely buried the Viking center Bradbury about four times in the first half. Didn't, they, didn't they take him out? Didn't they like bench him? Bro, yeah, he, oh, dude, he was getting his ass whooped. If they do not double Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary is going to ruin Week One for Minnesota. I'm predicting that right now. Minnesota, like they, they have a good offense, but they're returning four of five starters from a poor offensive line. Oh yeah, yeah, congratulations! And then you still have Kirk Cousins lining up underneath the fucking right guard, idiots. <laughs> that was like that. Time. I like forgot that. About that. I forgot about oh, that video. <laughs> Dude, he's gonna. I'm sorry, Chris. I don't even know you, but I, you, you see, you seem like a smart guy. He cannot handle Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark is an absolute freaking beast up front, and he is going to kill your center if you don't double team. Like I said, you double inside, you give him one on ones with Rashawn Gary. Are you nuts? Are you fucking nuts? You're not. You're not double teaming him with a tight end. Uh, we, we didn't even stat out Preston Smith. We hey, stat out. You know how you Gary. posted. Chris, you posted how like uh, Z Smith is looking great and um, and in practices against San Francisco. That's exact. Like literally, Aaron Rodgers has been commenting on Rashawn Gary wrecking practices and frustrating. If I know you wouldn't watch it, but Pat uh, <laughs> Dave Bakhtiari went on the Pat McAfee show a couple days ago, oh, and he yeah, he, he talked about like the defense causing Aaron Rodgers to throw like little tantrum temper tantrums on the <laughs> because they're just in his face constantly with Rashawn Gary just wrecking practices. Just wait, so, bro. I can't wait. <laughs> we we have Rashawn Gary for 10 and a half tackles for loss, 52 and a half tackles and 14 sacks consensus. Jake, you were the highest on Rashawn Gary. I'm going to let you talk about him a little bit. 
Yeah, so it kind of goes with the defensive line, right? Simon, my guy, was talking about the depth of offense and defense when we started this show, and that is where games are won, correct? So, like I said, if you're going to double-team at Kenny Clark, you're leaving a one-on-one for this absolute monster who has an endless motor, right? That's the thing that you all notice first about Gary, is he's strong and he's not stopping until he hits something, right? So I see him – man – I honestly want to go bold and say that he actually might get three sacks in week one because I think that offensive line is that bad. I think that the Packers are going to do a lot of ball control. We're going to – I mean, the Vikings play from behind anyways. But if the I haven't Packers checked if Irv behind, Smith is going to play or not, so they might have to chip him if Irv Smith plays. But continue. I don't care if Irv Smith plays. He's not blocking him. He's not chipping him. Irv Smith is going to be the one getting chipped if he tries to chip Rashawn Gary. Uh, I just I'm expecting big things. I said earlier a couple weeks ago when we did a, a bonus episode, a Packers episode, that his ceiling for me is 17 sacks, and I really think that he has that potential. I think you had him at 15 and a half. I yep, believe. that's that's what I picked. I I met myself in the middle. I said his floor is 13 and his ceiling is 17. If he gets to 17, man, this defense is gonna do some shit. You remember less than two years ago when people said he was a bust? Oh, I remember that. It was uh oh man, there's a lion fan. What the hell is his name? He was long. Greg? Oh, um Melvin. No, I like Greg, so don't say Greg. Greg's a nice guy. It was Melvin. Melvin was so big on him being a bust and saying he was bad because he's from Michigan and all that stuff. And now he's saying Hutchinson's gonna be a monster. And then you see that photo of Hutchinson getting absolutely owned by a tight end when they're joint practice with the Colts. <laughs> That's eye-opening uh, for a second overall pick. I don't know if you guys saw that. I'll share it to you if you didn't. But We'll see. Maybe we'll see what happens between now and when we do our first uh, Packer preview of the season two weeks from now. Uh, maybe we can uh, take a look at our, our rankings now that we've done our consensus and see maybe if we need to make any adjustments. Um, <clears throat> but last thing we have for the show today is our bold predictions. Um, does anybody, not Simon, want to go first and start throwing <laughs> out their bold predictions? I think we should go one at a time. I'll go first with mine because it, where it's leading what we just talked about. It's Are we starting Gary. at three or starting at one? Because I have my most bold. At you one. rank oh, yours? I didn't, I didn't yes. rank. Oh, I didn't rank. I'll just throw mine out. No okay. um, my, yeah, mine aren't in any specific order. <laughs> so my my first bold prediction, which is not really that bold if you're talking to Jake, but it would be an upset, um, is I think that Gary, uh, Gary will lead the NFC in sacks last year mm. nick bosa led the nfc in sacks and with 15 and a half so i think that gary whatever it is i've already said in my our previous predictions that he'll be in the top 10 in the nfl for sure i think that so there's you're a good essentially chance. putting him at third after miles Gary. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly so i think he'll lead the nfc in sacks and at uh 15 and a half plus so i'll say my bold prediction is like 17 sacks like he goes nuts like for 17 sacks and he leads the nfc and we pay him $200 million this offseason. <laughs> <laughs> Lifetime contract. That, that's my first uh, bold prediction is that Gary leads the NFC in um, sacks. It's bold, but doable. Also doable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Jake, hit me with a bold prediction. All right. So Give me number three, is, your uh... least bold. Give me your least bold one. Save the spicy yeah. ones for last. Okay. Save the spicy ones for last. Okay. This one's kind of spicy. They're all spicy. Um, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon will both rush for a thousand yards and receive for five hundred yards each. That's far receiving core is actually as bad as the media saying. Yeah, well, that's that's fair. <clears throat> all right, I'll get one of mine because it does revolve around Aaron Jones. So 
I'm doubling down on an 80 reception season for Aaron Jones. Um, it seems like him and Dylan will be on the field a lot together, which also bodes well for Jones in the passing game. Um, and like I said, in addition to him being one of, if not Aaron Rodgers' most trusted target in the passing game. Simon, do you have anything you want to say that's bold? I'll, I'll, I'll give you an opportunity to. <laughs> that, was, that was exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> I have Aaron Jones is going to lead the Packers in receptions. Okay. That so, was a little different, but still the same. My second one feature. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is kind of... I mean oh, fed into what you were saying. <laughs> so fair. my second ahead, bold prediction uh, ahead, kind of leads into this one um, where they will have all those yards, but my bold prediction is that Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon will be the most productive running back duo in all of the NFL. There were three duos more productive than them last year. It was Dallas, Denver, and Indy. So for to pass Indy this year for our last year, they would add to had to add 451 more yards. So I think that they will do that and they will be the leading duo in the NFL that they will <laughs> be the um, leading running back duo in all purpose yards in the NFL. I like it. That's a good one. Jake, hit me number two. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw that comment. Yeah, that was a great comment, Andrew. Um, The Packers will have the league's best defense, number one defense in the NFL, total yards, and they will force 40 turnovers. Ooh, that's a good one. That's spicy. Hold on to this. I was looking at most turnovers. I was looking at most turnovers in NFL history. There was like a freaking Broncos team from like 63 or something like that. They they forced like 65 turnovers. Holy cow. Like, dude, the whole list, the top 10 is all 60 plus. How how many how many what? games was that when they played like 12 games or 14? I don't I didn't look at imagine game. averaging six turnovers a game. <laughs> but I was like looking at it and I was like, holy shit, bro. The ball is like, just covered in Vaseline. Yeah. <laughs> what what they do play the 2022 Bears every game? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right well Dang. my next one is also on the defense so jake said turnovers i think the packers are going to allow the least amount of points in the nfl so the packers have arguably the best secondary in the league an all pro middle linebacker two high quality outside linebackers what should be a very good front seven if all these things come together and the defense is good in the red zone and on third down teams will be doing a lot of punting and field goals and touchdowns will be very hard to come by that so i think the packers could potentially allow the least amount of points in the nfl this season all right piggyback off of do you, you want to take brian's brother is one that he put in the in the comments <laughs> he's Hell a freaking yeah. lizard king <laughs> that's sammy watkins is the no we king. have two lizard kings oh yeah man. <laughs> they're both I. top five blockers at wide receiver in the NFL, yeah, so that is true that's why too. Sammy Watkins makes a lot of sense for the Packers. Yeah. All right, we can go back to Bryant if Simon is. Uh... Oh no, I was waiting for you to say go something. Ahead. All right, go ahead, go. All right, O'Connell will be an All-Pro punter. I'm for it. That is Let's bold. Hey. That is bold. Like, that's bold because we don't have life. an O'Connor on our team. I said O'Connell. <laughs> His name is O'Donnell. O'Donnell, fuck. <laughs> That's what I meant. I was just giving you the benefit of the doubt. Brian's like, fuck um, that. That's my friend. <laughs> O'Donnell. Whatever. Oh, I don't give a rules. damn Adorable. how many things we projected to be the same. You know what's Bro, funny? <laughs> is I have his name written down like three times in my notes, and in the bold prediction, it's the only one that's spelled wrong. <laughs> 
I love you, friend. Oh, man. What is happening today? Okay, so my third bowl prediction. <coughs> Every oh, year wow. for the last several years. I hope he is an all-pro punter. That would help with the special teams. That is, is in dire straits. But so every year, last for the last like several years, there's been a receiver, R two, that I've gone over for a thousand yards. So my bold prediction this year is that Christian Watson will lead all rookies in yards and be a finalist in the offensive rookie of the year uh, competition. You're crazy. That's all, but I like it. I can see the path. Isn't that crazy? Is it? He if he averages four yard catches a game and he averages like fifteen or sixteen fifteen yards a um okay. a catch that puts him over a thousand yards. Yep. Because you need what do you need like sixty yards a game? Fifty that's, something. Yep, sixty yeah. yards a game essentially. Okay. So. Yeah, that's that's why we like doing these bold predictions because yes, they are bold. They're the they're the far leaning optimistic points of these. But the way that we do this is these are things that obviously would take a perfect storm of things going right, but there is a path to them happening. You know, it's not like we're saying that Aaron Rodgers is going to throw for 69,000 yards, 69 touchdowns, and no interceptions. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> why not? <laughs> so, Jake, give me your, your last bold prediction. Well, I like how you use that as a joke, and then my last one is about Rogers setting the single season touchdown record with fifty six. Wow! I went, I went there, dude. I went there, and I really was thinking about the defense giving short fields and Lafleur just kind of trying to stick it to everybody to be like, "Hey, fuck you! I can, I can call an offense, and Rogers has still got it." I, maybe a lot of short touchdowns. I don't know, this, Chris. Like I said to Jake, why not? Um, my last bold prediction is also on Aaron Rodgers, and I'm gonna. Uh, yeah, that's 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 the main reason why. Mine is Aaron Rodgers pulls a Brett Favre and wins three consecutive MVPs. Ooh. If he takes a team of wide receiver twos and rookies to another twelve and thirteen win season, I don't know how you keep him out of that conversation. I don't either, really. To be interesting. It's a good one. Go ahead, Simon. End it right, last one night. I got, uh, Quay Walker leads the team in tackles. I think he's okay. going to play enough on the field. I think he's going to get enough opportunities that he has a possibility of leading the team in tackles and the way they're going to utilize him in some of the nickel packages and stuff. He's got a nose for the ball, too, it yeah. seems like. So. He's a good sideline to sideline, dude. Someone alluded to it earlier a little bit, mm-hmm. or maybe outright said it, but he's got some – He's like Devondre Campbell clones, legit. Yeah, that's essentially what we're looking at. It's between him and Campbell. That's really the guy that he's got to outpace. 50's huge. I like when they huddle up and Quay Walker is fucking head above everybody. He's fucking massive. Did you see the thing? I I saw it this morning. I don't know when it came out. And LaFleur was like, why do you stand in the back behind the team? See what? I told you. How bad were they to go 13 and 11? They forced 68 turnovers. Three. That's, a three. that's a three, Brian, not or a three and 11. I'm sorry. I'm just flabbergasted. How do you go three and 11 with forcing six that many turnovers? How do you well, not how, how bad there was and not force one more? Yeah, <laughs> Seriously, why not? <laughs> if the Packers for 69 turnovers, oh, greatest season ever, dude. How many, <laughs> how many do we force last? We're hanging a banner if they do up. that. I'll find it. I'll find it. <laughs> If the, I'll hang a if the Packers find a way to force 69 turnovers, we're hanging a banner for that. I don't give a shit. Oh, shoot. The Vikings hang banners for, for division championships. So <laughs> we can hang one for forcing 69 turnovers. It means the same. 
did they have a QB from Chicago? <laughs> so, the, for reference, the Packers had 26 tur- uh, forced turnovers last year. How many did they force in, what, was it 2011 they had the best defense? Or, yeah, 2010. No. 2011 Super Bowl. <laughs> not, not the 2011. <laughs> that defense was bad. But they did I force a good amount the, of turnovers. The 2011... The, they uh, won the Super Bowl in 2011. 2000, uh, 2010 Packers had 32 forced turnovers. 32. Who led the league last year in it and how many? It was Who the, the dogs boys out? and they forced 34. <laughs> yep. Okay, so six over that. That's a definitely bold. That would be awesome. I'm, I'm for it. All right. Well, I want to thank you guys for joining us again. We have no show next Friday. But then after okay. that, we will have a show every Friday or one Saturday every single week for the rest of the year we're going to be talking about the packers every week um so we're really looking forward to it um having more of these discussions um more 69s because why not um like i said let us know if you enjoyed the stat projections we can certainly do more of those um as the season approaches we can get a couple more in when we do the preview um but it was a good show guys i don't know if anybody else has anything else they want to throw out there before we are done no, just ready for some real football and see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, Cody, we're just going to stick to Packers. Um, we don't all like the same like college or NBA teams. So me and Tyler are just going to cover basketball. Yeah, co- yeah, college yeah, college football will still be on Wednesdays. Um, the Friday mm-hmm. shows are going to be just Packers, just so that we don't – like this, this show on its own was about two hours. If we had mm-hmm. added that to our hour-and-a-half show that we did on Wednesday, uh, we'd be looking at a three-and-a-half-hour show, so – um, we want to kind of break that up a little bit and, and give the time dedicated to the Packers that uh, that we feel it deserves. So, not that the other teams don't, but when it comes to the Packers, that's the one that we, we break on the most. And their yeah, their their schedule is so condensed. You know, there's 82 basketball games. There's 162 baseball games. <clears throat> there's 12 college football games and what 30 college basketball games. So the Packers have oh. the shortest season outside of. Um, <clears throat> outside of the Badgers college football. So um, that's a lot of information and discussion that we want to pack into a 17-game season and in the playoffs. So um, <clears throat> that's uh, that's what we're looking at with that. So, Wait, holy shit. The, the Broncos had they just played each other for 14 turnovers. games. <laughs> holy that's what it was. Crap. I knew I saw that. That's why they were 3-11. and 11. 12 and 2. That and makes they, more sense. They probably How got – San Diego got 20 of them against the Broncos. <laughs> they games. played them twice a year, probably. <laughs> Jeez, that's wild. Alrighty. Well, if nobody's got anything else, I will see you guys on September 9th. That'll be our first preview of the season. We'll be talking Packers Vikings preview. All right. All right. We'll see you guys then. <clears throat>